Yes, yes, people. Oh, shit. It's Friday, which means it's your last installment of Chin Check for the week. And as we do, we will be putting our prediction hat on for week four of the NFL. We're going to be hitting that news. And we also take a look at the weigh-ins for Fight Island 4, Holmes v. Aldana. So, let's get with it, people. What, what? Okay, so week four of the NFL. And we've got some, yeah, more good games on Sunday. Well, we have the Lions against the Saints. And, um, yeah, Lions are one and two. Saints are one and two, right? I think the Lions, yeah, they ground that win out last week. The Saints, oh, I mean, their game was close, right? It was close, but I kind of felt there was, yeah, they were a little iffy in places, I think this is going to be a tight one, but I might go Lions. You know what I mean? I might go Lions for the win here, people. I think that could be a thing. Um, So then we got the Buccaneers against the Chargers. Well, I think a problem for the Chargers last week was their tackling. It was definitely their tap tackling. So, you know, with Tampa improving every week, I'm going to say the Bucks take this one. You know, I think that seems to be the way. Uh, Bengals against the Jags. Hmm. I mean, ja- Jacksonville are one and two. The Bengals are two and a draw. Two losses and a draw, that is, people. Um, I think Jacksonville. Yeah. I think the Jags will, uh, yeah, go for that one. you got the Titans and the Vikings. Man, the Titans, they really, yeah, they made that game last week. That turned out to be a lot tighter, you know? A lot tighter than I thought it should be. Sorry, Texans. That's the thing, I was thinking, hold on, didn't the Titans fight the Vikings? Hmm, no, Texans. God, I can be, um, yeah, I can be strange. Oh, dear, oh, dear, people, people, people. Um, Texans... I'm going to say the Vikings. Yeah, I'm going to say the Vikings. We go Dolphins, Seahawks. Man, I'm going to say it's got to be the Seahawks, right? Even, you know, through a few little iffy moments, they still just know how to turn it on. So, yeah, got to say Seahawks, people. Then we've got the Cowboys against the Browns. Um, 
yeah, I'm, man, it's hard, it would be hard to, you know, vote for the Cowboys, so, yeah, Cleveland, <laughs> Panthers against the Cardinals, ooh, hmm, you know, Cardinals are two and one, Panthers are one and two, Ah, who to go with here? Man, this is... This is an interesting one. But... I think the Cardinals. Because, um... Yeah, they made us look like shit. <laughs> so, uh... I mean, I'm gonna have to say... Yeah... I'm going to have to say Cardinals. <laughs> We've got the Bears against the Colts. Which, you know, Bears are 3-0. Colts are 2-1. Now, the Bears, I think they've, they've had a, a bit of luck, for sure. For sure. But I think they've got too much for the Colts. I think they've got too much for the Colts. Um, so then we go, um, Rams Giants, I think, um, yeah, I've, I've liked what I've seen from LA, yeah, I'm gonna say that they keep the Giants on their losing streak, yep. Uh, so we then have the Chiefs against New England. And after the Chiefs, you know what I mean? They, they beat, whew, they beat the, uh, you know, the Ravens. You know, 34 to 20. So it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to go against the Chiefs here. You know, I, I think they're going to get it done. You know, even though I think New England had a very good running game last week. You know, I, I think that I think that really saved them. But I yeah, I think you know at the, against the Chiefs, they need to be firing on everything. And I'm not sure they will. So yeah, I'm gonna say the Chiefs. We have the Raiders against um the Bills, but you know, I when I see um the Raiders, I always think Oakland, always think Oakland, you know, even though they've moved. Yeah, it's a weird one, right? It is a weird one, but no, they are in Vegas now. Um, hmm, I. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Vegas. I'm going to say Raiders will, yeah, I think they're going to look to take out the Bills. I think they're going to hand the Bills their first loss. Uh, so then we got San Francisco against the Eagles. I really don't think there's any question in this one. You know what I mean? It's Frisco all day, man. <laughs> Our 
Tuesday night game. We got the Packers against the Falcons. Man, the Falcons have really had some bad luck. Really had some bad luck. But I don't see... Yeah, I just can't see them beating Green Bay. So I'm going to say Green Bay get the win. And I didn't miss it. I didn't miss it. I just didn't want to, you know, <laughs> bring myself down uh, too early. So I, I think this is a good one to end it and, uh, you know what I mean, disappear on Washington against the Ravens. Man, look, yes, the Ravens lost to the Chiefs, but I think they are just well too strong for Washington Washington have just you know the running game hasn't we've seen some glimmers there but there's just too many holes and I think the Ravens will exploit them unfortunately but that's what it looks like will happen so yeah Ravens for the win and people, on that dour note, they're the predictions for week four of the NFL. So this is an interesting piece of news. Uh, Paul Daly, who, um, yeah, was just pulled from his, you know, headlining clash at uh, Bellator... 247 against Derek Anderson. You know, I think what he came in five pounds over. I think that was the deal. Um, and he collapsed, so yeah, couldn't make couldn't make weight, got pulled and all of that. And you know, his response of that was a little odd. And especially after all the talk. You know, because we know Daly does like to talk and it's all, I'm going to smash this guy. and rah, rah, rah. So you'd have sh- assumed he was going to come in on weight, but he didn't. Okay, so, um, yeah, at the time he was like, oh, I could fight still. You know what I mean? And I'll, you know, but if I don't, I'll be back. All of this. It has now been announced that. His next fight is going to be his last. Yeah. He is uh, going to be retiring, it would seem. Yeah, it's an interesting... Because it's not like, you know, this week it wasn't the first time he's missed weight. He's missed weight a few times. And he is 37. Right, so... um, yeah, at the time, Michael Mazzilli, Mazzulli, who um, was, you know, basically Bellator's, you know, athletic commission person, as they were fighting on a reservation and all, he was, yeah, he wasn't happy with the situation and kind of indicated that if he was, you know, looking after Daly's next fight, he'd be pushing for Daly to be fighting at middleweight. 
You know, so, um, yeah, after all of this, yeah, it was weird because, I don't know, uh, after these kind of situations in the UFC, we usually, like, Dana usually, he, he forces a fighter to move up, you know, if someone repeatedly misses weight, he'll make them fight at the weight class above, which, you know, think it's a fair thing to do, uh, you know, for the opponents and the fighter, because if you're struggling to make weight, it's going to be fucking up your body, yeah, so it's not a good thing, Scott Coker at the time did say he, um, he's going to be having uh, some words with Paul in a couple of days, which doesn't really tell you much, but yeah, now Daly has come out and said his next fight will be his last. It is an odd one, though, because instead of just moving up to middleweight, he's saying it's going to be a catch weight at 175 pounds. So this is what he, um, you know, wrote on Instagram. When he made the announcement. Forever a samurai. But soon we will put the blade to rest. After discussions. And careful consideration. With my family. It has been decided that my next fight. Will be my last. To be fought at a catch weight of 175 pounds. Opponent and location. To be confirmed. Health before wealth. And never compromise yourself. Which is an odd one. <laughs> seeing that he has missed weight a lot. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. But possibly a good decision. I think there was rumblings that, you know, because I think he only had a couple of fights left on his Bellator contract that he wasn't going to re sign. And he was going to look somewhere else. But, I don't know, you, you would kind of have to question, where else would he go? You know, it would probably be somewhere like KSW, a Russian, you know, organization. Because I can't see him coming back to, like, Cage Warriors or... You know, going to somewhere like LFA or, you know, an organization like that because... You know, I, 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 and not to be disrespectful, but that is a step down. So, yeah, you would kind of have to wonder that. So, uh, yeah, this probably does seem the only direction he can go if he's yeah, concerned about the health. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who they match him up against. Yeah, if they want to try and have him go out on a win, or if there's like a fuck you daily, because he does seem to have a you know contentious relationship with Bellator. So yeah, it will be interesting. I think that this next fight announcement will tell us a lot, right? But yeah, you know, Semtex is about to be defused. Okay, so Bellator 
Man, yeah, <laughs> they're signing a lot of people of late. They have just picked up former UFC lightweight fighter Rustam Tiger Kabiblov. So, um, yeah, he last competed November 2019. So that was, yeah, that was on the card of um, Zabit against uh, Kater. Yeah, that was then. He got a win over Sergei Kunodsov. Uh, via decision, but um, yeah, he's had, he had um, you know, uh, an odd time in the UFC, right? He got he definitely came in on a bang, right? But um, yeah, it all went a little bit. I don't know. It's funny. It well, I mean, he was ten and three. But I think it's also down to consistency. That was another thing. So he made his debut, uh, what in um, December twenty twelve, right? So he uh, had a win over Vince Pichel. He then beat Yancy Medores, George Mastodal, which got him a title shot against. Benson Henderson, right, which he, um, you know, lost via rear naked. He then lost his next fight against Adrino Martins. Um, but yeah, then, you know, he got some wins, got some more wins. So, uh, Chris Wade, Leandro Silva. Jason Sago. Um, he had one. That was all in 2016. He had one lone fight in 2017, a win over Desmond Green. We then didn't see him until you know, literally a year later, where he beat Cajun Johnson. Then. <laughs> You know, six months later, he fought Diego Ferreira, which he lost. And then at the end of the year, he got, uh, you know, his last fight and win. So, yeah, I think there's frequency. And, like, I don't think, you know, he was never really a top contender. You know? He he was just one of those mid mid roster fighters, so you know he fought out his contract at the UFC, and um, yeah he's now signed with Bellator. He um he's moving up though, so it, it sounds like he's going to be fighting as a welterweight, uh, which you know he's thirty three so. You know, it get definitely gets cut tougher cutting weight as you get older, right? So it'll be interesting to see if he can have a resurrection in his career. You know, if he can start pushing for um 
a title or something at Bellator. But yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see, right? We will have to see. Because, um, yeah, I don't really know what Bellator's welterweight division is like. You know? Yeah, have no real clue. But he will find out shortly. <laughs> Well, this is a very interesting predicament. So, yeah, you know, we've all already heard, like, you know, Rustam has signed. And now it would seem Brett the Pikey Johns is going over to Bellator as well. Right? He's currently 17 and 2. Only 28 So you kind of feel he's got a A lot left in him Hasn't even hit his prime yet But uh, he he Fought out his contract And um, Bellator came at him With a, a bucket load of cash So um, Yeah he signed A multi-fight deal with them Which Is interesting you know, it's a very, I don't know, right? Now, the thing with, like, this is, I kind of wonder, because when you think about the exposure you get at the UFC, but also you get to train at the PI, right, which is free, you know, and not just that, all the massages, the rehab, the food, all free, and you can take a few training partners in your coach, so when you factor in all of these other, you know, expenses that you don't pay for, what is that worth, right, and when people, you know, offer you a big contract, when you break it down, you know, when you think about, oh, if I need to rehab, how much is that going to cost? And how much, yeah, does it actually work out that, you know, this big contract that you've signed is actually worth more? I've, I'm always interested by that because we never know the numbers, right? But, um, yeah, John's, you know, he's coming off a couple of wins, Right? So, in January, he beat Tom Gravely, got a rear naked choke there, and then he fought on the Figueredo Benavides 2 card, and he beat Montel Jackson, you know, which was, a, he put in a good performance there. So, you know, he lost to Aljamain Sterling. And he lost to Pedro Munez. But you kind of have to think that, you know, a few more wins and he's up there. You know, he's up there for a title shot. So it is interesting that he didn't want to, you know, didn't want to give that a go. But, you know, now he's... um. 
going to Bellator, maybe, right, this is a thing, maybe he figures, go to Bellator, win the belt there, bigger bargaining power, come back to the UFC, that could be it, maybe, who knows, but, um, yeah, an interesting move, definitely an interesting move, right, Hmm. So looking at the um you know the Bellator Bantam weights, we got Darian Caldwell, you know, Eduardo Dantas, Jean Arcalera, Sean Bunch, uh, Joe Warren, Ricky Bangeles. James Gallagher, who I think is fighting either tonight or tomorrow. Hmm. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, they're tough fights. Yeah, I mean, definitely some tough fights there, right? Haven't seen, you know, it's tough because, you know, I think... I think Bellator have got a deal with Sky in the UK. So, uh, yeah, I don't get to watch Bellator fights. Um, But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Johns does. You know what I mean? Definitely interesting to see what happens over there. So, yeah, we we will wait for his first matchup. Okay, so, um, a couple things happened at UFC 253 that I waited until today's episode to really kind of get into, right? Now, one of those things was the first fight on the main card. So, we saw Hakeem Dawadu go up against Zaburia Tukagov, and this was an odd one, right, because in the last round, Tukagov just didn't engage, I mean, for the first minute, I think he threw a few things, but then he was just kind of AWOL, he didn't do anything, which was very peculiar, right, it was just, yeah, just a bit baffling, Right, so he kind of did what Costa did, where he taunted, right, he mocked, but then he just didn't do anything. And there was one point where Dawadu was just like, let's fucking go. I think he might have sworn again, but I can't remember. And the referee admonished him for it, which was kind of baffling to me, right, now, I don't know about the rules, I do know that it is against the rules to um, not engage, and we have seen it in fights where, you know, we have a couple, maybe a couple people who are, ooh, being a little hesitant, right, the ref will be like, hey, guys, engage, Guys, we're here to fight. Guys, 
If no one engages, we'll take. I'm gonna take a point. You know, remember, hey, Ungano and Derek Lewis, right? That was definitely one where you heard that a lot. And the thing with swearing for me is you're in the heat of fucking battle. You're, you're throwing down with someone. So you're not necessarily, you know, it, it, it's not about niceties here. And if you're, if someone's backing away and you're thinking, I need a fucking finish to win this fight, or I need a big round, yeah, you might curse them and say some stuff to make them fight you, and, like, you know, I, I, I've always noticed this thing, you know, it happens before fight, boxing a lot, right, um, and I've seen, like, BT Sports have thrown it up a few times, like, uh, Something will appear at the bottom screen and be like, we apologise for any bad language you might have heard. But sometimes, you know, in between rounds, the corner, and be like, hey, I want to see you fucking do something. I want to knock his fucking head off. There was something, something, you know what I mean? And, and you get that, and you're just like, wait, firstly, right, this is on late at night, right? This is after the watershed, so... <laughs> you, you like swearing should not be a shock. Secondly, people are watching two people fight. Right, they're watching people punch each other, or punch, kick, and try and submit each other. This isn't, you know, sandwiches and tea at high noon. <laughs> this is fucking combat. You're probably gonna see blood, and you might hear some, you know, bad words. Right? So it's just like, I don't think people that are watching fights are gonna be overly concerned with a bit of swearing. Now, that's not to say that everyone white watches fights, you know, constantly swears. But it's just something that you're just like, yeah, whatever. You're, you're not writing a letter of complaint. To, to have people so concerned with swearing during a fight is weird. It's weird. And even after a fight, when the adrenaline is pumping, you just got a big win. Or, you, you know what I mean, whatever kind of win. You are just happy, you're pumped, right? It might be you've just avoided getting cut with that win. So you're happy, so just swearing then. It's just like, it's not a big... And look, it, 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 I think it's about content. It's a different thing to swear in a fight to someone just walking up to you randomly and telling you to go fuck yourself. They're two different things. It's all about context. People need, really, to get a bit of a grip. So, yeah, I found that very odd. Like, after the fact, Dowadu apologised. You know, but I'm just like, whatever, son. Don't worry about it. 
You know what I mean? Just move on. Your, your opponent missed weight, firstly, by five pounds. So I think a little bit of swearing was always warranted in his direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, so whatever, people. Whatever. Okay, another thing that happened at UFC 253, and we're seeing a lot of people comment on it, it's Israel Adesanya's celebrations. <laughs> um, some people are saying he dry humped Costa, other people are saying he raw dogged Costa. He um he definitely celebrated on Costa. <laughs> yeah. He definitely did that, right? And listen, this is the thing. You know, you when you win, right? There's, there's. I feel there's definitely a sportsmanly way to win, right? I and you can say that some people might not always hearing. Come off the best But But This is the thing right Well there's a few things (laughs) There are a few things Like I've always Hated Always hated After the fight And I, I think like Anderson Silva Was a big proponent of this but like getting on your knees, beckoning your opponent to join you, putting the heads together, you got your arms on each other's shoulders, and you're having a little chat, you know, whatever, whatever. I remember he 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 tried to do it to Bisbig, and Bisbig is just like, no, just get up. And he like, you know, what I mean? he gave him a hug and whatnot, but it's just like, uh, yeah, all that other stuff is just weird. You know what I mean? It's all a bit strange. Now. I, he might not have actually said it in that way, but that's what I interpreted from what went on that night. But yeah, it, it's it's just this whole, you know, this weird thing that some people do. Because, like, some people go, oh, that's a, a nice show of sportsmanship. You know, that's a, a show of, like, you know, like warrior code and all of that, but I find it a little fake, right? Find it a little fake, but you see some people do it, and then moments later, they're suddenly on Twitter calling their opponent an asshole. you know what I mean, and all other manner of stuff, right? So I, I kind of feel that Listen, you, you fought, and that's a big thing. Once you like anyone that steps up like that, yeah, that that's a level of respect, right? But if you don't like that person, there's no point faking it. You know what I mean? There's no point being weird, like. Again, let's let's look at Bisbing with Rockhold this time. When Bisbing won the belt, he he you know he shook Rockhold's hand, right? 
Then, you know, he spoke to a few other people, went to shake Rockhold's hand again. Rockhold acted like a bit of a dick. So Bisping gave him the finger. And we like people tried to admonish Bisping for that. And it's just like, listen, I tried to shake his hand. He acted like a dick. So I don't like him. So why am I trying to pretend here? Right? Why do I want to try and do anything fake? It is what it is. You know? And we, you know, let's take it back now to UFC 253. Right? Costa before the fight. He was talking all big words. You know what I mean? He, he was saying some stuff. And even before then... In the build-up to this, and not necessarily in these months, but if we if we go back, if we go back in time, there was a point when um, you know, Costa was trying to come at as a Sanya, I believe, on September. I I think it had something to do with uh, the twin towers. There was something like that, and he was trying to, you know, palm off that Adesanya was a bad person, and oh, that's why he deserves to get beaten, and he's not a good per. And he, like, Costa was coming up. It was such a reach. It was such a reach, and no one reacted. That then Costa suddenly dropped it. Right, it suddenly stopped. Which does make you wonder about a lot of the shit Costa's been doing. That, yeah, you know what I mean? Is he getting told to do that? Right? There's a, there's a lot of stuff where you kind of feel Costa is getting coached. You know what I mean? To say certain things and act a certain way. And, um, yeah, but when you're saying certain things, when you're trying to make certain claims against, Against someone, you know, and also you're saying someone skinny has no power. You're gonna crush them. They're they're a undeserving person. They shouldn't be the champion. They're a bad representation of martial arts and for the UFC. Someone is saying all of that stuff. Now, that's not necessarily great. If, if that's coming in your direction, you're gonna feel a certain way, right? So then after the fight, you've got to understand, you say certain things, there are consequences, right? There are consequences. And I'm seeing a lot of two-faced people here. Which always amuses me. Because I remember when Khabib jumped the cage on Connor, people are just like, well, he did deserve it. Oh, you you mean when you could be like, yeah, jumping the cage is illegal and it could have incited a riot. You know, which we've seen like there was a big situation at Bellator. Um say Jake Shields, Nick Diaz, I think that was the one, right? N yeah. Uh, so we've seen that, but everyone was just like, yeah, all right, Connor deserved it, rah, 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 rah. which, look, fine, I don't care, but you can't condone that, and now be like, oh, Adesanya was out of line for what he did to Costa, Adesanya was so disrespectful to Costa, I'm like, like is like, 
If Costa is saying certain things, there is a cost, right? There is a cost. Now, you could say, hey, Adesanya could have, you know, turned the other cheek. Yes, he could have done that. But, right? But, he didn't. (laughs) He didn't. And he gave it to Costa. Now, it like let's be real too. It was nothing that bad. He pretend he thrust his hips a couple of times and moved on. Right? That, uh, in the face of everything, that was not a lot. Right? It, it wasn't a lot. He didn't lay hands on him, didn't push him. You know what I mean? So it is what it is, people. It is what it is. So calm the fuck down. You know what I mean? Calm down. No one is, uh, yeah. I, I don't, I'd be surprised if tons of people wrote letters of complaint. You know what I mean? No one cares. No one cares. And now we can just move on and see who Adesanya lights up next. Now, it was amusing that, you know, the next day, Costas was like, oh, what he did was disgusting. I I, I want the UFC to book a rematch and I'm going to show him what's what. And it's just like, hey, what are you talking about? What are you, if it was a close Fight, you know what I mean? That might happen. That might well have happened. But the fact you did nothing, you did nothing at all. Why would that fight get made? <laughs> it's just—it's some crazy ass shit. Some crazy ass shit. But hey, remember, people. Whatever you put out there, you got to expect it back. You know what I mean? That's how this shit works, right? That's how this shit works. Okay, so something else that we, um, yeah, waited to talk about is Conor McGregor. Right, so... I think it all the crazy started with him releasing those um yeah messages between himself and Dana which so bizarre it's such a weird thing and you know there has definitely been this weird destructive side of of McGregor of late which baffles me, and especially, you know, after the the recent, like, indecent exposure claims, right, like, remember he came out and he was just like, can't believe everyone's like, you know, coming after me about something that didn't happen, and all of this, and you're just like, what are you doing? Right, you just think if you think about UFC never go goes after him 
when any of these things come up, right? Never do. Also, when other things have happened, they've, you know, stuck with him. You know, he could have just been sacked after the uh, the bus incident, right? Could have been done. You know, after a lot of the other incidents, there could have been words. But no, he, he's been offered help and, you know, opportunities. Happened so many opportunities, right? There wasn't even meant to be a card in January. And they created one because he asked for it. So for for people that really have been on your side and have helped you make so much money, it's a weird thing to attack. <laughs> it's a weird thing to attack. And essentially, because look, it's not going to be the end, right? It's not going to be the end. Dana's worked with, uh, you know, Tito, like, so many people who, he, you know, might not fully enjoy <laughs> on some levels. We've seen him do it. So, and the fact that Connor makes a lot of money, yeah, that relationship is there. But, what it has done, you could think, is it has taken it to a different level. You know what I mean? Where in the past, Connor has probably been allowed a certain level of communication, of information. If you can no longer trust someone to keep everything you know, between you and them, that's going to change, all of that is going to change, you know, he is now, you know, possibly relegated to talking to assistants and shit, to just not be getting told certain stuff, and this all bleeds out into other things, because we see Connor make the, you know, this whole big thing about, oh, Dustin, you want to fight? Yeah. How about December in Ireland? Yeah, we'll have a charity fight. All of this. Right? The, these are the claims. Right? Now, Connor did say at the time that he was going to give all his money from the cowboy fight to charity. And the thing is, right, I don't need, like, it's a weird thing when people go, look at me, I've just done this. So it's not necessarily that, but you wonder, did he do it? Right? Did he do it? Because we, we see a lot of things from Connor that don't always, they don't always match up. There's this whole Poirier fight, right? So he was saying, yeah. We'll get it done. Then the UFC were like, um, we've sent them both contracts. Straight away, Poirier is, yeah, I'm down. Connor 
hasn't responded yet. Well, I haven't seen anything from Connor. Which is an odd one, right? Just, uh, you know, a day ago, you're all, yes, we're going to fight. We're going to do it here. We're going to do it for charity. We'll do all of this. Boom, boom, boom. Then, <laughs> you know, when you get a contract... So, in this contract, you can imagine, you know, the fight possibly on a pay-per-view, so pay-per-view points, all of that, which will make significantly more. So, if you really want to give this money to charity, hey, there's a lot more money you can now give. It doesn't respond. And again, we have seen this in the past. Calls for a fight with Masaval, calls for a fight with Usman, when they both then hit social media and say, yeah, let's do it, Connor goes quiet. So you have to wonder what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, really, what is going on? Does he want these fights? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or is it just ways to keep, you know, the name... In circulation There's, you know, like all of this craziness It seems it has cost him a title fight But supposedly, you know, it was getting lined up for him to, you know Manage the ultimate fighter with Khabib Right? They both have a team At the end they fight Yeah, that was there And I think that works Either way If Khabib won or lost You know, because If he wins, boom, title fight If he doesn't, you could say Number one contender fight I kind of feel that Khabib Should automatically get a number one But it kind of works Whichever way you want to do it You know, and the fact that Khabib Does seem to like a break in between fights, you know, so it works, but Connor talks himself out of it, right, talks himself out of it, and he's talked himself out of a lot, if we think about it, because technically, he could have been where Gaethje is now, right, he was offered that fight, but well, no, he wasn't even, he was offered that fight. He came out and said, I'm no replacement fighter. Which is always an odd thing. Because it's just like, why does it matter? Like, you're headlining a card. And that's always been a big thing he always wants. To headline the card. So, you would still be headlining the card. Now, if... If you're doing what you, you've you said, you know what I mean? At the beginning of the year, you said, look, I, yeah, in the past, you've probably slacked a little bit. But this time, you're getting back to it. You're training all the time, all of this. So if you are doing that, right, taking a, a fight isn't that big thing, and time-wise, it wasn't even anything, it wasn't anything too crazy, so you'd think, 
it should be fine, especially with the fact that you've always said you're smash Tony, right, so that should have been a simple thing to step in and do that fight, and if you had and won, you'd be fighting Khabib right now, but we see Connor do these weird moves, which have kind of talked him out of fights, and, you know, Let's point something else out here. He now listen. I'm. I won't. You know what people have said it, but I don't. I don't see it like that, right? That he turned down Gaethje. Now, when he turned down the fight with Gaethje, it was because he's he's going for the Khabib rematch straight out the gate, right? That's what he's pushing for, and it's kind of like, why take another fight if that's a fight I want? But you know, that that's still a fight that you didn't take, and I think that it's because when he turns down these opponents, even if it's what because you are gunning for the title. It's sometimes the way Connor does it, right? It's never, you know what? Yeah, I will be happy to go up against you. But right now, I'm trying to get Khabib. If that doesn't happen, let's get it on. No, Connor will say something like, hey, you don't deserve that fight to be sure. Oh, that was dreadful. I know that was dreadful. I know. My head is head. My head is down in shame, people. Okay, but yeah, that's what he will do. And on the fit, now I've seen people say it that oh, all of a sudden the UFC want to make Conor Poirier. Oh, funny that. Well, they got whiffed that they were going to do a charity fight, and now they want to no. Because when that fight was hinted at earlier in the year, Conor said to Poirier. I beat you easily the first time, win a few fights, and then maybe we'll do it again. So that fight, yes, it could have been made earlier, but Connor shot it down. So then all of a sudden now, he's just open to the fight. But at the time, he shot that fight down. Remember that one, people. Because that was there. And, you know, if you go back on your Twitter timelines, you will see that. Right? So, it's just a weird situation right now with McGregor. I don't know what he's doing. I don't even know what his thinking is. Because it's either, it's this, that. Then it's, oh, I'm fighting Pacquiao. And as, you know, Chael pointed out, you know, the other day. Yeah, that's not happening. I mean, it might happen, but right now it is uh, not a thing. <laughs> because if it was, yeah, you would name the location, you would name the date. There's a lot of things that you would put out there. Nothing has come out. And even if they maybe shot the gun early, then the news will get dropped with the poster and all of nothing. So that fight isn't. It may be a talking point. It's not a done deal. But, you know, what's Connor want? 
Is he using Pacquiao for this rematch that he's always claimed, you know, he clamoured for with Mayweather? Because Mayweather has now come out saying, McGregor can't punch. I'll fight you for... I, uh, there, was a, an, there wasn't an amount that was thrown out there. I think it was like 30 million. Or, so there, was a, there was an amount of money. It was just like, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. So, you know, was it done for those reasons? Who fucking knows? But right now, it's kind of baffling to what McGregor wants. And all these weird little strategies that he's doing... They're not working. You know what I mean? They're not working. If anything, they are damaging. You know, losing a the ultimate fighter. Right? Losing the fight against Berg. It's just like he needs to stop. He needs to stop. And also, the biggest thing, he's technically retired. So he we haven't seen him. Like, issue a tweet saying, I'm no longer retired. So, yeah, there is that. <laughs> there is that. think McGregor is definitely COVID bored. But I think he probably needs to sit down and just work out, what the fuck do I want? Yeah. Okay, people, so Sunday, you know what I mean, on Saturday we get some Fight Island, and on Sunday we get some Portland action, as uh, Chael Sonnen brings his submission underground back around, people, it's back, and um, yo, whoo, we have got some fun-ass fights with a championship to round things off to close the show. Uh, so we start off with uh, five preliminary fights. Preliminary. Hmm. Five prelim fights. <laughs> so let's take a look. Right. We um have Alex Lamy against Aaron. Takes to uh, get the ball rolling. Um, so uh, yeah, Lamy, he is training out of New York. Um, he lost his last fight, which was against Andy Andy Verla, who I think is also fighting on this card. So that was uh. Towards the end of August this year, at fight to win 150. He did win his last submission underground outing though in um July, where he got a you know an overtime win over Lee Flores. Um, you know what I mean? He he's fought some tough ass people. Um. So, yeah, it is kind of, uh, you know, win-loss, win-loss. But 
you know, that's a submission game, right? And he is going to be saddling up, as mentioned, against Aaron Ticks, who, um, yeah, he was at the um, last submission on the ground. Uh, that was 17, where he got the win over Nick Maximov uh, with a, um, a gee choke in overtime, which was... Yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember because it was this weird little um, move that I think on paper you're kind of looking at it and it doesn't look like anything, which is the weird, always the weird thing with gee chokes, right? They they don't necessarily always look like something big, and then all of a sudden someone's tapping. You're like, right? What? What? Um. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Lamy, right? Because this is a no gi. Hmm. I assume I'm, as far as I'm aware, this is a no gi fight. So um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Lamy. Now, if it's a gi, I might go with Ticks. But yeah, I'm gonna say Lamy for now. So our next fight is Nick Ronan against uh, and yeah. Andy Virala. Um yeah, I will say that um, you know, Lamy and Ronan are both late replacements. So uh, yeah, props to those guys. So um Ronan he fights under um Sarah BJJ, so you know he has got skills. Definitely got skills. Hmm. Now the only fight I see on his record is um from 2017. No, sorry, is yeah, was August last year. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was hmm at K A S A I Pro Six. Um. So yeah, I have no clue about his record. Uh, and yeah, he's going up against Vala, who, uh, you know, as mentioned, beat Lamy in his last one. Uh, you know, previous submission undergrounds, he lost to Hunter Colvin and Cody Steele, who are both on today's card. Uh, well, Sunday's card, should I say. Yeah, he's got some, yeah, he's fought some tough fights. He's gone up against some tough ass. People, hmm, this is a tricky one. It's definitely a tricky one. You know what? Because, yeah, because he's going up against a Sarah BJJ practitioner, I think I'm going to throw my hat under Ronan. Yeah, that's how uh, I think this one might go. But it should be an interesting clash. Should be an interesting clash for sure. So, um, yeah, I think our next clash is... Ooh, Alan Sanchez against Justin Rennick. Which, yeah, this should be a fun fight. 
Okay, so, you know, Sanchez. Mm-mm-mm. He won his last fight. That was against Raf- Ralphie uh, Sebexin. Uh, so, yeah, that was in July. Uh, he won via arm triangle. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You know, he's fought at um, combat jiu-jitsu. You know? Yeah, again, you know, he's had some tough fights. Okay. Uh, and he will be squaring up against Rennick, who... Uh, Definitely a tough cat. He was at the last submission underground where he got a win over Dan Stoner. Um, and had a tough fight with Jesse Taylor at Combat Jiu-Jitsu last November. Ooh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take Rennick in uh, this little clash. Because I do like Rennick's style. Should be a fun one. So, uh, then we jump to Pablo Alfonso against Andrew Alexandra. Uh, So, in this fight, Alfonso... Mm-mm-mm. So his last fight was against Keith uh, Karakian, which was at Jiu-Jitsu Overtime. You know, um, yeah, which was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I think you know Karakian is tough as hell. So, uh, you know what I mean? He did get a couple of wins on that night against Luis Quinos and Michael Courier, though. So, um, yeah, Alfonso is definitely tough. Uh, got a win over Spencer Mumi. You know, he's definitely a tough cat. Yeah, you know, I think he, he's definitely been in there. With some tough motherfuckers. So Andrew Alexandra. Mm, he's um yeah, he's been at Submission Underground 13 and 14. So at 13 he lost to Ethan Krenlinston, who um yeah, you know, everyone should know. And Jordan Holly, another veteran of the game. Um, so yeah, I think this is going to be a fun one I do have, um, kind of feel though I've got Alfonso I think Alfonso is going to get the job done Which uh, moves us to our last fight of the prelims We've got Emil Fisher against Hunter Colvin so, Fisher, um, yeah, I have no record for him whatsoever. Thanks, <laughs> Tapology. 
you're great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, Coven, we've all seen Coven do his thing, right? Um, yeah, had a win against Andy Varela. Um, at Submission Underground 16 in July Yeah, he's been at the last Last few Right, he was in the um, tournament Which Mason Fowler won He beat Adam Bradley But then lost to uh, Roberto Jimenez But we all saw what Jimenez did that night So, yeah you know, no shame in that. Who, you know what? Look, I've seen what Colvin can do. I don't know about Fisher, so uh, yeah, I'm saying Colvin for the win. Colvin for the win. But uh, you know, I I think this fight nicely leads us into our main card, right? Okay, so the main card starts off with Brian Nuro against Cody Steele. So, um, yeah, let's look at this one. Nuro, he, um, okay, so he fought at Submission Underground 14, where he beat Ryan Healy. With an arm bar in overtime. That took place in May. Uh, yeah, you know, he's um he fights MMA as well. Right? Um but yeah, it doesn't look like he's had any grappling since May, but I it's hard to rely on tapology, ain't gonna lie. <laughs> uh, so yes He's going up against Cody Steele Who we have all seen Do his thing Right He especially um, Yeah Kicked butt At Combat Jiu Jitsu Worlds In August last year Where he took the belt you know, he went on a little roll after that, right? So, yeah, he, um, you know, wrecked shot at uh, BJJ Fanatics, you know, their submission-only Grand Prix. Um, losing out in a final, it would seem. But, um, yeah, you know, he's been, um, yeah, he's been doing his thing ever since, Fighting a lot of tough dudes He has a win over Andy Varela At Submission Underground 15 From uh, June This year um, But he lost To Mason Fowler In that Tournament um, Yeah he's got a loss to Wagner Roche But you know Roche is top shelf As we know But yeah you know yeah, yeah I think this is an interesting Fight I you know after Seeing Steel just put on Some great fights though 
I'm going to have to go with Steel for the win. Uh, so we then go with Rafael Domingos against Keith Kokorian. Okay, so, um, you know, Domingo, his last fight that I see is against um, Gordon Ryan. You know, Kinetic One um, from August last year, but it's Gorgon fucking Ryan. You know what I mean? There is no shame in that loss at all. Um, do, do, do. Yeah, I don't know. Um, on that night, he also lost to Enrique Coco. Okay. Yeah, he's been um, grappling around. But, yeah, he's going up against uh, Kikorian. And that is a tough one. Right? That's a tough one. You know, he had a great fight with um, Ethan Krenlinston. That was very close. Very close. Very fun. I'm going to go with Kokorian on this one, I feel. Yeah. It's, yeah, hard to go up against Kokorian, really. So much skill, man. So much skill. So we then move to Gabriel Checo against William Fackett. Tackett. Uh, so, um, look. We've all seen Checo do his thing. Um, definitely a submission underground regular. Has wins over Jake Ellenberger at 13. Austin Vanderford at 14. He only beat Mitch Brakefield at 10. So, yeah, he, he's, you know, always putting on a show. When it comes to Submission Underground. Um, he did lose to Craig Jones at 15. But again, it's Craig friggin' Jones, man. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, now, William Tackett. I think, yeah, let's say Tackett. Um, yeah, looks like he fought Andrew Witts. In August at Subspectrum, where he got a, a, a hill hook win. Same night, he um, beat Aaron Harris with an arm triangle. Do, do, I think this is his first submission underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has a win over Jason Rao. At the um, North American ADCC trials. Which, uh, yeah, that must have been a good fight. Definitely a good fight. So, um, yeah, you know, he's fought some tough dudes. Fought some tough dudes. He, um, yeah, fought Nick Ronan. Who, uh, you know, is fighting earlier in this card. So, yeah, he, he's definitely been in there. Has a loss to Roberto Jimenez. 
Ooh, I think, though, that Checo may have gone up against slightly tougher opposition. So I'm going to say Checo. But that looks like it's going to be a fun-ass fight. Definitely. So I'm going to definitely be keeping my eyes on that one. So we move to our co-main, which is Lee Taylor against Kendall Rousing. Um, and, uh, yeah, Taylor, um, is coming, I don't even know, I think this is, because I swear I've seen Taylor fight at Polaris, um, but yeah, I'm not seeing a record, oh dear, oh dear, um, and rousing, Ah, well, yes, I have a, I have a record for rousing. She fought at the end of August, so it's showing that she, um, yeah, she was at subversive free. She beat Alison Linda, Brittany Elkin, Natalie Ribeiro, and Chloe McNally. So had a, um, yeah, a good ass little run there. Mm-mm-mm. Interesting. God damn it! Yeah, I, I swear I've seen Taylor fight. Swear I've seen Taylor fight. Um, but I can't remember. So I'm probably going to be going with Rousing. Um, and our main event. Oh. This is this is fun and interesting. So we've got Mason Jones, sorry, Mason Fowler even putting on the line his recently won championship belt. You know, had those two huge fights with Craig Jones, and it's not letting up as this time he's going up against a Vinny Magalhaes. And, um, listen, we know that Magalhaes is a tough son of a bitch who has been in there with everyone. You know what I mean? Everyone. So, whew. Yeah. Magalhaes is tough. Tough as hell. Right? So, it's going to be extremely oh, extremely close real fun scrap um yeah you know what i think that you know we fowler looked really good in his fights up against you know jones looked really good in the tournament at submission underground 15 so, I'm going to say that Jones retains the belt, because he's going to be hungry. Do you know what I mean? He wants to keep that belt. He's not looking to drop it. So, yeah, I'm saying Fowler gets the win and steal. But, hey, this is, uh, you know, we've got ten fun fights here, people. So, um, yeah, I am looking forward to it. 
If you haven't watched Submission Underground before, this is a good card to um, break your teeth. Is that the expression? To break your teeth? To break your teeth in? On? Hmm. I don't know. I have no clue. I'm forgetful. I'm going to say it is, though. So, yes, this is a good card to break your teeth in on. So, check it out. It's on Sunday. You can watch it on Fight Pass. So, there's no excuses, people. No excuses. Enjoy. Okay, so we have now had our weigh-ins for, um, you know, our next trip to Fight Island. UFC Fight Island 4, which is headlined by Holly Holm, the Arini Aldana, which, you know what I mean, is a fantastic fight. Right, so, um, yeah, this was a good one. Everyone made weight, no dropouts, which is always a plus, right? And, um, yeah, so that's that. Right, so both Home and Aldana weighed in at 136. So they took that extra pound, which, you know, makes sense when it's a non-title. I kind of think. I mean, I always think it's probably better to weigh the limit. I mean, you know, the, 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 the proper weight, right? Because I kind of feel that if you've always been used to getting that extra pound, once you get a title shot, is that going to make it harder? I don't know. But that that's my weird thinking. But I understand why people would take that extra, right? Um, so they did that. Uh, co-main event, the Castro weighed in at 261 and Felipe 263. Uh, that seemed to get a little heated at the old stare downs. <laughs> I mean, Castro put his hand out, Felipe wasn't having it. <laughs> Felipe looked like he, he wanted some. Castro then took off his glasses and it was a business. <laughs> So yeah, that was that. Uh so Durandame, she was 136 and Penna 135 and a half. There was nothing really crazy, though Jordan Williams came in at 182. But when you then you know consider the fact that he has got diabetes. It's not that surprising, right? But his opponent, Imavov, he came in at 185 and a half. So um, it will be interesting to see, you know, how Williams does against, you know, that next tier of elite fighter. You know, because it's candlewight. Live up, you know what I mean? Get as a lighter middleweight, can he survive in there? Can he get it done on raw talent alone? So, yeah, I think that's gonna be an interesting one to see, right? So, um, yeah, fun times, people, 
fun times. Definitely looking forward to um, these fights. You know, Carlos Condon, he came in at 171. Court McGee, 170 and a half. So, yeah, that is it, people. And um, now we just wait for the hostilities to start, right? Fun times. Okay, so as we do, before we bounce, let's take a look and see what is going on in, um, yeah, the world of mixed martial arts. Now, as, um, you know, I can't watch the Bellator fights, which is always, you know, it's a shame, but I did see, because it was quick, you know, the um, main event from, you know, 247. Denise Kelkoots. You know, just, um, yeah, she stopped Kate Jackson quick. I mean, Jackson came out. She, her hands looked very tentative. You know, the way she was just holding her hands up. So, hey, props to Kelkoots. But, this is the crazy thing about that one, right? She's doing ground and pound. The ref jumps in. Ref jumps in to stop the fight. He's got hands on Kalutz. He's also got an arm kind of in between them. But she still, she still friggin' hit. I think one or two shots, which, yeah, not great, you know what I mean, not great, because it was just like, I kind of feel it was clear the fight was over, he has got hands on you, you know what I mean, he's got hands on you, but you're still throwing, that that was a little bit off for me, but, you know, was a good win for her, uh, so we have got, uh, yeah, a bit of news for about next week's fight card, which is Marlon Marais against Corey Sanhagen, you know what I mean, Fight Island 5, now, Aladry, Eladrandro Perez He unfortunately has tested positive for COVID So um, he's out of his fight against Thomas Almeida So um, right now Almeida needs a new dancing partner Or maybe they hold them off for... um, you know, something a bit later, probably not UFC 254, but the card before that, maybe, right, because I think we got three more, two more cards before 254, so maybe that last one, that would give the amount of time, you know, to quarantine and all of that, who knows, um, so yeah, we'll see what happens with that, Sung Woo Choi, he's out of his fight against Yusuf Zalao, but 
Um, but fortunately, fortunately, should I say, for Zalau, he's got a new partner, and um, Ilya Tupura will be stepping in. Um, another fight, so Bay Maleki, she's out of her fight against Tracy Cortez, but. Stephanie Egger is stepping in in um, Malecki's place. So, uh, yeah, they'll still be scrapping on the 10th. And uh, finally, in regards to the 10th, Sergey Spivak, he's had to withdraw from his fight against Tom Aspinall. Um, Aspinall looks sensational in his UFC debut, but not all is lost. Because he is now fighting Alan Badut. So that is all good. Now moving to the 7th of November. Right, Philip Linz is scheduled to fight Dontel Mays. That's going to be a fun fight. Right, good heavyweight clash. Also, you know, a fight that was scrapped, but you know. Alexander Romanov, he got his um, quick win in the other week. And now on the 7th, he will be finally clashing with Marcos Regueria de Lima. Uh, so, um, ooh, later that month, on the 21st of November, which is UFC 255. Now, we were meant to see... Um, Diego, sorry, Davison Figueredo put his belt on the line for that first title defense against Cody Garbrandt. With Cody dropping down to the flyweight division, unfortunately, you know, Garbrandt has um, torn his bicep, so he is now out and in steps Alex Perez you know, it's an interesting one because I did think it would be Moreno but uh, yeah Perez gets the fight still a good fight you know so um, you know still good and I kind of think that yeah Moreno will get the next shot but I'm assuming that might depend on um, Garbrandt's recovery. Because I imagine if he recovers in time, he'll fight the winner. But then I feel Moreno should fight the winner of that. But um, yeah, I, I'd probably say Moreno is probably going to have to take another fight in between. So let's end on this. On the 5th of December, Talia Santos is scheduled to get down with Mana Moraz. So, um, yeah, that is it. A lot of fight action. But, um, oh, actually, let's, um, let's end with this. So, there have been some releases. Yo, uh, Yuri Alcantara, he's, um, he's been released. He hasn't actually fought since 2018, where um, he fought against Corey Sanhagen 
And that was the fight where I feel everyone suddenly took notice of Sanhagen because it was, um, I think it was an arm, arm bar that looked so deep. So deep, but Sanhagen was able to get out. But, um, yeah, Cantera, that, he, you know, he's gone one and three in his last four fights. So, yeah, he is being let go. We have also seen um, Mara Romero Barella. She's, um, yeah, she's no more. But, yeah, you know, she started strong. Came out the gate strong. But, yeah, just hasn't won. You know, yeah. In her last few fights Right She's gone four in a row Without a win Which is It's tough You know It's tough But Yeah It's kind of expected The same is with Jeff Hughes Who You know I mean He looked good on the contender series But just wasn't able to transfer that to the octagon, you know, he, he, he lost to what Morris Lean, Rafael Peso, and then Juan Espano just ran through him last weekend. And uh, yeah, this last one is not a shock whatsoever. Cadiz Ibrahimov, he's been let go, and you know, what I mean. Look, he, he was on a free fight losing streak. He hadn't won any of his fights. He, he came, I think he came in as a KSW champion, but wasn't able to, you know, transfer that form. But, you know, he'd had some fun fights. But his fight at 253 against Danilio Marquez, it was, it was just lackluster. He didn't really put in a performance that said, keep me in, keep me in there, coach. You know what I mean? Even if he had lost, if he had put on a great performance, maybe he sticks around, but yeah, it was just a weird one. But um, yeah, you know, none of these are really a shock. But we'll see if some of these guys can make their way back. But people, it is all about Holmes Aldana. I am very much looking forward to that card. So um, we will be back on Monday to break it all down. All right. Enjoy your fights. Peace.